Welcome to the iconic line from the dark, violent retelling of a classical Greek tale, the film known in legend and in reality as The Warriors. Hello, everyone. This is Sean Marlon Newcomb, and it's the 34 Circe Salon, the Parallax Channel. We're doing the classical world at the movies, and we are reviewing the 1979 film, The Warriors. And why you say, would we review The Warriors? Why would we make this film, make this podcast about this film? Well, there's a classical connection, but I'd like to leave that to the one, the only Dr. Gary Stickle to tell you about that. So Gary, jump in here so we can explain to the listener what the connection is with The Warriors and the classical world. Okay. Hi, Sean. Good to be back with you. Gary, why are we talking about the Warriors? Why would the listener, let's reveal the secret to the listener about the Warriors. Well, it's based on a uh, historical uh, uh, episode from ancient Greece, uh, in a a sense. Um, And what it is, it's an account that was uh, reported on by the ancient Greek uh, chronicler Xenophon. And... um, he actually fought in the battle, and uh, it was uh, a battle called uh, Caraxta or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, and it occurred in 401 B.C. And it's it's told in the work called the Anabasis, uh, which is which is what the uh, the it was there was a novel based on it, and the film was based on the novel that takes this work. Um, so the, well, the, bat- the battle occurred about 70 kilometers uh, north of Babylon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, what it was, it was uh, kind of a civil war between uh, uh, of the Persian Empire with uh, Cyrus the Younger versus his brother uh, Artaxerxes. And um, uh, his friends called him Art. Yeah, right. And uh, I, apparently there were 10,000 Greek mercenaries and about 700 Spartans. Mm-hmm. And the battle uh, was, uh, you know, came to a draw. It wasn't decisive. And so the story is about how the Greeks were trying to make their way back to the uh, sea, the Mediterranean, so they could sail home. 
And they were a thousand miles from there, you can imagine. And apparently they uh, had to fight, uh, you know, attacks all the way, all the way back. And so the film is uh, inspired by that, which it says at the beginning. Um, and uh, the film is about this uh, gang. Uh, you can explain more about where they are and what's happening. Well, yeah. Let's before we go there, let's just clarify just a couple things on the on the Anabasis. So they're trying to get to the Black Sea, actually, which I want to give the Black Sea always a shout out when oh, okay. when, when when needed, because the Black Sea for those of you who listen to both this, the Parallax Channel, and the Make Make Cherokee Great Again Channel, you know that is the it is the hotbed of a lot of the stuff we talk about, particularly about the matriarchies and the Amazons and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, the mercenaries are trying to make their way back to the Black Sea because that's they that's their security. They they feel like they have security there. They're Greek towns. They can get away, but they have to get through all these other warring factions to get there. So that sets up our movie. So our movie, The Warriors, the plot is the it takes place in New York in '79. There's a gang summit, and Cyrus, just like in the the historical. Uh, in, in the uh, Anabasis and in, in the story and history, Cyrus is trying to unite all the gangs. He's a gang leader. He's older. He's trying to bring the gangs together in the city with the idea that if they unite, they can take over the city and run the town. And so as he is making his big speech to pull everyone together, he gets shot. And when he's shot, one of the gangs, one of the guys in the gangs shoots him. The warriors are heroes of this tale. It's interesting to call them heroes. We'll talk about that. But the heroes of the story get blamed for the for the uh, assassination, even though they didn't di didn't do it. The guy from the gang who did it just fingers them so that they could be, you know, blamed and attacked. And so from that point forward, the warriors have to make their way home. Now the way it's set up, whereas in Greece they were trying to make their way back to the Black Sea. The Warriors are a gang that come from Coney Island, famous Coney Island. The gang summit is in the Bronx as a native New Yorker, as a, a lifetime, you know, once a New Yorker, always a New Yorker, birth, choice, grace of God. The Bronx is the northern part of the city. Coney Island is a little for, it's further west. It's in Brooklyn. So you got to kind of go south and west to get out of there. So you got to go through a lot of real estate in the city. Get down from the Bronx through Manhattan into Brooklyn. So they've got a lot of real estate to cover and a lot of angry gangs after them because now the word goes out in the street. There's a sort of um, a siren of sorts, uh, a, a woman who is a DJ who puts the information out to the gangs. They pick it up on a radio station and she lets them know who killed Cyrus and it's the Warriors and so everyone's after them. And that is our story. The Warriors have to make their way from the Bronx to Coney Island, having been blamed for killing the guy that was going to unite the gangs. And all these different kinds of gangs take them on to stop them, to kill them. So, yeah. with that, here's the interesting thing about this. Now, let's, there's a lot of interesting stuff about this story. Now, first of all, it is so of its era. It is, it's 1970s America. It's, you know, New York in the 70s. And so in the 70s America, of course, there's there's sense that things are out of control. Crime is out of control. Kids are crazy. Drugs are rampant. Of course, the reality was it, you know, some things were overblown. Some things were dangerous. But in every era, there's always extremes. But the feeling was, because this was very new, we had come out of uh, one 
one paradigm of living throughout most of the Western world. It's a more conservative, you know, more traditional paradigm. And that had been ruptured in the 60s. And so things were really spilling out in lots of ways in culture, uh, whether it's women's rights, civil rights, different things that had happened. And so there's a sense that there, there isn't control. So the Warriors kind of plays on that in the movie, that there is this dark underworld of gangs running around cities trying to take them over. Truth is, nothing like that was really happening. But there certainly were gangs. There certainly was crime. It certainly had spiked in the 70s, no question. So you've got that set up. And then what I think is interesting about this film is these are gangs. So we're, we're rooting for like gang members to, you know, we're rooting for them to get back from their one yeah, the violent leader, gathering to another place, you know. And the guy that becomes the leader of the principal gang, I can't remember the name of it, if that a name. Um, the, 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 the gang in the movie, the Warriors. Oh, they're called the Warriors. Yeah, oh, that's the right. War- yeah, gotcha. the gang is called the Warriors. The leader is there. See, initially they had a leader. I believe his name is Cleon, and then he's killed, and Swan takes over. So yeah, Swan, Swan is the guy over. you're talking about. And Swan is the same actor that was in Xanadu. Yes, we Olivia just Newton John, and, and we had just and done he, a he review. Did, of he that did one. nothing in that movie. I mean, it was ridiculous. I feel bad for him because I think he is a you know certainly a good actor. And he, the Warriors comes out and the Warriors, again, you know, we'll talk about the context of it, was uh, made a, was a controversial, became a really well-known film. So he, he got a little heat in his career with that. And then Xanadu comes out and it's a bomb. And, you know, because the Warriors was a, was a surprise hit. And then yeah. Xanadu is one of the biggest bombs of all time. So his career kind of got derailed a little bit. Oh, I'm kind of surprised it was a hit. I, I didn't like it that much. Um, oh, so you didn't like the words. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that because I think this is a film that a lot of kids really responded to. It definitely, it's definitely a, a, a young, sort of a young man's film, so to speak. It's a, it's a boy's, and, and the, uh, teen, Swan, a teenage boy's film. The Swan character, um, you know, he's just a one-note pony. I mean, he, he never changes his demeanor throughout the film. Um, and, uh, there's an episode where he, uh, this girl associated with one of the gangs, you know, hits on him and he doesn't really respond. And then she connects with him and he takes her around and there's still not a couple, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay. Let, let's talk about that. So her name is Mercy. Let's go through it. So what happens is there's, you get the, uh, Cyrus gets killed. The warriors have to make their way from the Bronx to Brooklyn. They they run out of the park. So the meeting takes place in a park. And then the shooting happens. The cops are coming because they know that this gang summit's happening. And now pandemonium. Everything breaks. All heck breaks loose, right? So now they're, get, they're trying to escape. And at each stage of their escape, they encounter a different gang. They encounter a different group of guys. And, that, um, and, and they're ridiculous. I mean. Yeah. Uh, that, it's, let, well, let's talk about those. What, what did you think about? Let's. Let's talk about the we'll talk about just the wanna, gangs and then we'll I just talk about the characters. Back up a, a minute. Um, sure, sure. The movie was produced by Frank Marshall, and he's the one that produced a film that I helped out in a major way: Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones, um, and also uh, directed by uh, Walter Hill. Right. Mm-hmm. And so these are major filmmakers, and uh, but even so, I was disappointed in the film, but. 
I um, will. I will just. This is going to be the first time we really disagree on this. I will disagree on on this. I'm not. I. I I'm judging because it's interesting looking at the different reviews. You know, I, I go back and I look at what's going on in that era and that time. What did people think of the film? And it's interesting because you know Siskel Niebuhr didn't like the film. Um, I think it's. I think it is a generational kind of thing and an age kind of thing for the film. I think the film worked for teenage boys, and I think that's why if you encounter it at that point in your life, it it has a certain kind of resonance because it becomes like a dark superhero film you know if you think about it gary it's a lot like your kind of dark night movies that come out now it has the same look and feel as a dark night movie and i mean i've been well, critical well, of yeah, those. But, um, anyhow um, as as was said in the uh, internet report i read um it, it's a story of desperate of a desperate forced march and a story of courage and uh, so that's what they were trying to replicate. You know, I mean, the original uh, true story was that, and they're trying to replicate it in the film. But uh, on this forced march back to wherever they're going to, um, I guess their home base or whatever, um, they meet up with all these gangs, and uh, they, they become like caricatures. They become ridiculous. Um, and one of the gangs is all dressed up like baseball players. I, I, we'll talk about that. Okay, let's talk yeah, about each of those. Another so, one is dressed up like uh, mimes, you know, and, and so on. Yeah, you know, yeah. let's we'll let's we'll go through each of them. Let's so talk this about costuming them. of the gangs was just ludicrous to me. Okay, no, I want to go through each of the gangs. So let's talk about them. All right, so they're trying to get to Coney Island. Like I said, they're going from the Bronx to Coney Island. So the first gang, they so let's talk about the gang. So the gang that actually kills Cyrus is a gang. Um, they're called the rogues okay the rogues are the gang that tries to that actually tries to kill him that's in the opening you hear that warriors come out and play that's the guy from the rogues he's the he's the big bad guy of the whole movie you know uh luther is his name he's the big bad guy of the whole movie and so um they they're the first gang and they're and basically they don't have anything distinguished i mean to me that's very distinguishing about their look they just kind of look like a bunch of punk kids, you know? Um, yeah. But then, so as the warriors try to escape, now they've been blamed. They're trying to get out. They're trying to get the subway. They're attacked by a group called the Turnbull ACs, the Turnbull ACs. And these are just a bunch of bald guys. So these are bald guys with like clubs and sticks who are trying to catch them. And, eh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I think with all of these groups, all of these gangs, Gary, the the reason for me, even though they, it, it is kind of ridiculous if you stop and think about it, you know, gangs dressing up in baseball outfits or overalls and roller skates. But I think for again for this, if you take it from the superhero graphic novel standpoint, it becomes kind of surreal. It's like a fantastical movie. So if you take it, if you try to look at the film as a sort of a slice of real life, it's never going to work. But if you look well, at was it, it as, was it based on a comic book? Because they had these um, uh, comic book like images in the film. They would cut to. No, from what I understand, is Walter Hill, the director, who is a, a really, really amazing. I, I like Walter Hill's work. Yeah, normally um, I do. Yeah. So he he felt he wanted to tell the story like a comic book, and so when it was released, all those things you saw were not in the original 1979 release because they couldn't afford it. So when they did a, a reissue of the movie, 
they he added the stuff in that he wanted. So he wanted it to feel like a graphic novel. And that's why I say you got to look at this more like the way you look at The Dark Knight than the way you would look at, I don't know, Dog Day Afternoon. Well, I, I, supposed I, to be serious, I, I don't read graphic novels. I'm just not into that. So No, no, I'm just but I'm saying that's that's kind of the way I think that's looked at it. So uh, he's, they got to get past Turnbull Aces. There's a group called the Gramercy Riffs, which are a bunch of guys in glasses and karate geese. They seem to be like the the UN enforcers, you know, the, like the UN peacekeepers. If they don't keep peace, they keep the they keep the peace by you know taking people out. Um, and they're the ones looking for all these other gangs to go get the warriors as they go after them. So there's the rogues. Who started the Turnbullaces are ball, the bald guys that go after them. They encounter a group called the Orphans, and I guess these are orphans because they don't really have their own network of gangs and they don't have any kind of outfit. They're just a bunch of guys, you know, in a neighborhood, which is the typical gang. Um, and the Orphans, for some reason, have this girl called Mercy. And and I agree with you in this this plot point. I don't even know why we have this character of Mercy. She makes no sense. You know, there's no reason for her to be there. There's there's absolutely no reason for the for the warriors to bring her along. They're running for their lives. The last thing they need to do is add another person, not in their gang. Yeah, and the um, was it Swan that calls her a whore, or one of his gang members does. Yeah, they're all kind of. I mean, in the they're all in a predatory, really dangerous way. Like, why would she even go with them? Is another question. Well, Besides yeah. the fact of why would they bring her? Why would she go with them? These guys seem like at any moment they would, you know, take advantage of her. So, uh, you got that, them. They could be killed by other gangs, you know. So yeah, they could be killed. They don't. She's going to weigh them down trying to get home. I mean, because the way they get home, they've got to run through the streets. They've got to get on subways. They've got to. You know, it's just like yeah, that's going the home. thing. I mean, they're endlessly walking or endlessly getting on subways, and uh, you know. Well, I mean, that's what you'd have to do in New York. I mean, you got, but it's it's. I understand, not, and the subways are all, yeah. all subways are all covered with graffiti, which is depressing. You know, blah blah blah. Yeah, that was the seventies, by the way. The subways don't look like that anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's it's evoking that. So there's there's that group. There's the baseball furies you were talking about, Carrie. There's a Gang of baseball players. They're baseball players with you know, with the baseball bats, and then they manage to take them away from them. You know, and they and they have makeup on too, so they look like a, the cast of Godspell. I always think when I watch this movie, I, uh, a friend of mine watched the movie, and she said when she watched the Warriors, she didn't think they looked so much like a street gang as a as a group of fit dancers, like a dance troupe. She, yeah, she, they're all wearing black, and then uh, Swan, the lead guy, is wearing a. a you know, black vest with a bare chest, and yeah, they're all wearing vests. They all, they really all look like. First of all, they're too old to be in the gang. These guys are in their twenties, so it's like they're like all grown men in gangs. So that's weird. And yeah, these guys look like they're actors. They look like they would be the cast of Godspell or something. That's kind of like what everybody looks like in this movie. Yeah, but um, so anyway, so there's the baseball fury. They're the punks. These are guys in roller skates and overalls. So I don't know. Apparently in the 70s, uh, you know, we're all seem to have forgotten how much roller skating was a big deal. Because and there's a, remember all the roller skating in Xanadu? In you know? Xanadu, exactly. <laughs> it's like there's some reason everybody in Hollywood wanted roller skating at that point. What I thought was interesting was the gang called the Lizzie's. And those were the, the all-girl gang. And they were clearly a nod to the Amazons. 
because at one point when the Lizzies take the Warriors encounter a gang of so the, for the listen the Warriors encounter a, a girl gang or and they're girls they're supposed to be teenagers not women but again they're probably in their twenties so they encounter a girl gang and the guys think they're going to have a good time a little wild time it's just three guys and there's you know twelve girls or whatever yeah and they're inside a bar or whatever it was yeah they well they they their their club their gang headquarters or look like a bar or somebody's you know, art gallery, warehouse. I don't know. Anyway, they go up into there. But at one point, the guys say to them, where are you guys? You must, Girls like you must have guys around. And they say, our guys are, are lame. They're hobbled somewhere. And that, to me, is definitely a reference to the, the, the myth of the Amazons that they hobble, that they were hobbled their males, that they would, you know, mate yeah. with. So clearly the Lizzie's were supposed to be a nod to the Amazons. Um so, yeah, so let's, you know, sum up the gangs. They're a little bit, if if a Broadway <laughs> if a Broadway producer were coming up with street gangs, they'd look like the gangs in the Warriors. And that's kind of what you have. They look like different casts of Broadway plays who all have their own gangs. So, you know, for what it's worth, I, I kind of got a kick out of it. I enjoyed it. I, it doesn't work for you, clearly, Gary, right? No. Okay. I thought the right. different gangs were silly. They, their costumes were ridiculous. Um, no, it's like, I, I, in a sense, I agree with you because it does. They and look Swan like Swan was a one-note pony. He didn't show well, any. We'll variation. go to the characters now. We'll go to the characters now, but just some of the gangs, that's kind of how it looks like. All right, so the characters. So let's talk about Swan. First, let's talk about Cyrus. I actually think Cyrus was a pretty good character. Yeah, he was okay until he got assassinated. Yeah. Well, yeah, then he's, well, then he's not anything at that point. Sure. So Cyrus is the guy, just like in the ancient Greek tale, he's trying to unite the gangs. And he has these great this big speech, and he's, you know, you know, all these kind of catchphrases and all that kind of stuff. And so then he gets killed. And so and he gets everybody to cheer and go along with his idea until he yeah. gets assassinated. Yeah. Yeah. You, you see, and you see, you know, that was another thing that I thought was really interesting, because again, it's from an era, analog era. So you had to get that many extras. There were like hundreds of extras in this movie, yeah. so yeah. which I liked. It makes it feel very real, very alive. Um, all right, so we've got Cyrus. Uh, Cleon isn't in the movie much. He gets killed very early, leader of the Warriors. Uh, but we have Swan. So you're not a big fan of Swan, I take it. No. Swan is the head of the Warriors for the listener. Okay. Uh, he becomes the head, yeah. So uh, He has a challenger, but he, he overrides him, you know. Yeah. So what didn't you like about Swan? Well, like I said, he's just a one-note pony. And uh, and it's not clear to me why he, uh, you know, took the Mercy girl um, along. And then uh, they sort of develop a relationship at the end, you know, but it's still still not very realistic. You know, I mean, uh, it it, it was just all. And then uh, also on route, they pass by, you know, just ridiculous. Uh, another girl sitting on a park bench out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, we'll talk. We'll talk about that when we get to Ajax. So let's hold off on that. So Swan and Mercy, yeah, that's really forced. It doesn't work for me. It makes no sense. You're in the middle of getting, you, you know, guys are trying to kill you. You don't, you know, go on a date. And that's, that's right. Meet a girl, start start a relationship. Uh, so that doesn't work. What did you think of Mercy? Since we're talking about Swan and Mercy, what about her character? Well, she played a role, but I mean, I just thought her role was ridiculous. I mean, she's trying to hit on this guy that obviously doesn't want to be hit on, and 
And like we're saying, you know, why does she want to go with them when they're probably going to be uh, killed, you know, because they're being blamed for the assassination. I mean, you know. Yeah, exactly. Or they'll, they'll you know, do be dangerous to her. All right, Ajax. Ajax is the guy who gets – Ajax is the rival to Swan and the gang. And he's, uh, again, kind of an exaggerated tough guy. Uh, he's been in a lot, a lot, a lot of movies. Uh, James Remar. The, I've, yeah, I've, he, he was I, okay. I, and I should say Michael Beck is the name of Swan. Apologies to the actors and actresses. Michael Beck is the name of Swan. Deborah Van Valkenburg is Mercy. James Remar is Ajax. And Dorsey Wright was Cleon of just the people we've named. Um, so you thought he was okay, Ajax? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, James Remar is a well-known actor. He's been in a he, lot of things. He stays behind with a girl on the bench, right? So yeah, he hits on. There's a cut. So there's a scene where there's a woman on the bench, and again, for the listener, we're not giving much away. There's not much to this plot. They're trying to get away and not get killed, and they get in lots of fights, which are not even that extensive. So we'll talk about the fights and the action in a second. So Ajax sees a woman on a park bench. She's yeah, again. These guys are running for their lives, but for whatever reason. You know, any any woman who walks by them, they just kind of stop, you know, start hitting on her, right. seeing if they could. I mean, it's like, I get it. They're supposed to be guy guys, but guy guys know you got to live to be able to get dates. So, yeah. it's, you know, anyway. It's, it's he, not the time to do that. Yeah, it's not the time to do that. So he picks up, this, tries to pick up the woman in the park. Turns out she's a cop. He gets arrested. Ajax is gone. All right. Uh, Luther. Luther's the bad guy who shoots Cyrus and says warriors there's the whole come out and play thing. What did you think of him? Not much. Okay. He actually another actor who's works um just a lot. David Patrick Kelly. I just saw him in some other film that came out last year or this year actually. Um yeah, I mean he's kind of a, you know, stereotypical caricature villain. Um all right. I mean, the characters to me again, they're they're like you would say the same. They're kind of cardboard. They serve more yep. as you know, placeholders. They serve more, you know, not they're not developed. They become caricatures. They become these kinds of things. Um, what did you think of the action, the fighting? That was okay. I mean, you know, not not great, but adequate. See, that's where I, I'm I'm not as hard on the gangs and the characters, but the action was a little bit, especially for today's. I mean, the whole thing that happened with this movie is there was a lot of controversy and, and incited violence. There was there were fights in a couple of theaters in here in Los Angeles, Southern California, and then one, I think, in Boston. And so they were worried. They actually scaled back the marketing campaign because they were worried that was inciting violence. And the whole thing at that time was people were afraid kids were going to just start knifing each other if they went to see this movie which is a quaint thing to look back on people thinking that would happen um and i don't dismiss any violence that did but it wasn't quite what people expected and i think the movie by today's standards is completely tame you know they have a fight with baseball bats that look like again something that would have been on you know shakespeare in the park in central park like it looks like a you know what i mean it was just this you know, like a play stage. I don't know. So yeah, yeah. the yeah, fighting yeah. didn't work for me. The fighting didn't work for me. I thought that was that well, it was did, it didn't really for me either. But I just thought it was okay. You know, what about the filming? The 
the atmosphere, or the cinematography. Well, it certainly had, had the grim atmosphere, you know, down and the endless walking, the endless riding on the subway, and you know, uh, escaping, escaping, escaping. You know. Yeah, I thought I thought Walter Hill, you know, with what he was, you know. Based on the script, which I'm trying to remember if he is the uh, the co-writer of the script, but you know he he um, yeah he's co-wrote the script. I mean he you know so he's got to take that on. But he did a, a solid job directing. I thought you can see what made him, especially in later films, become a really really amazing director. Um, so overall, Gary, how many we we give it shields? How many shields would you give this movie? I'd give it a two. I would never want to see it again. Now, there's where we differ, Gary. I'm going to give it three and a half shields, and I'll tell you why. Because it's a stylized comic book, and I just look at it that way, and I think it's not for everybody. This is a film, I think, really for like teenagers and anybody who still feels like a teenager. It's like that kind of thing. Uh, it's not, you know, it's certainly not a family film. Um, it's probably would not be considered I just found it aggressive, you know, but, just kind you know. of depressing and I couldn't wait for it to be over kind of a thing. Yeah, um, it's the opposite. You know, the Xanadu was a bad film, but it was actually, I enjoyed the brightness and the, the love story and Olivia Newton-John. This is a little different feeling. I enjoy this in a different way. It's like, you know, watching, again, it's like reading a comic book. So with that, I want to thank, as always, our uh, classical scholar, Dr. Gary Stickle. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. And I want to thank you all for listening. I am Sean Marlon Newcomb. This has been the 34th Circe Salon, the Parallax Channel, Classical World at the Movies. We were discussing the 1979 movie, The Warriors. Thank you all for listening, and God bless.